0: Don't waste it. Don't waste it. (laughs) You may be seated. I think everybody's been here before, but if not, it's so good to have you. If it's your first time and it's so good to have those coming back. The pillars of this church as we go into December next week. Oh my goodness, we're in December. Come on, who's ready for Christmas shopping? I feel tired already. Flashbacks to shopping with my mom when I was a kid and playing under the the clothes racks at Venture by my mom. Ooh, anybody remember Fashion Gal? Oh, oh. Excuse me while I go find a trash can. I just can't keep my... When I was a kid, there was damage from being with my mom while she shopped for clothes. And, oh, this is like the worst thing ever. And it transcended into my my relationship with my wife. And now when she talks about women's clothing specifically, it's just, okay, Thanksgiving. Let me know when you're done. (sighs) Is there a bench outside? We don't really go in malls, even if it's freezing cold. Is there a bench out in that outdoor mall? I'll, I'll lay on it, and you come get me. Better yet, you just go without me. I'll think about you while you're gone. But we're all recovering from Thanksgiving, and one of my favorite parts about Thanksgiving is, um, man, the floor is hard. I fell on it, but I never just full out laid on it and kind of regret that decision. One of the best parts about Thanksgiving for me is the next day, leftovers. Me and Reed were talking about it. It's like all the flavors just kind of get to settle in finally. You know what I'm saying? And you got your your sandwich with your turkey, and you got to throw on the Miracle Whip, not the mayonnaise. I got nothing against mayo, but we use Miracle Whip when it comes to Thanksgiving sandwiches. And you got the cranberries, and you got the dressing, and you got the spinach casserole, and you got the leftover gravy, and I, we got the mashed potatoes, but I don't do the mashed potatoes on the day two. I have all the others, and I think that that's the whole meal, but we don't let it go to waste, man. We don't let it go to the trash. In fact, usually what happens is I call my mom and say, hey, you got more? We ate it already. You got more leftovers? And then I, I run over to mommy's house and get some more leftovers, because it's good. And as I get older, I don't like to see things go to waste, especially like food. And as a kid, I let food go to waste all the time. My eyes were bigger than my stomach. And I'd always take more than I could actually consume. And something weird happened. Like, I guess that's part of becoming an adult. I did a 180 in my outlook on food conservation. I become very conservative. And and now with my kids, I cannot stand when anything gets wasted. It drives me bonkers. And so I'm always trying to make sure they eat their plate. If they want to, you know, go get something out of the pantry in 30 minutes after dinner, they got to make sure they eat their plate first because that's what they do. You know, they'll take like a bite and then they'll eat nothing else. And then in 30 minutes, they'll say, I'm hungry. We just had dinner. Oh, you mean you were hungry, but not for that. I see. I was a kid once. I get it. And my kids are pretty good about not wasting food, except my youngest, Kaylee, she is the most wasteful little 3 and a half year and old I've ever seen. She has no, she has no uh, account of value, and she just thinks that food grows on trees. I mean, what is she thinking at her age? Doesn't she know people got to work for that, that there was a price to pay for that cheese she wastes every single day that I find in the carpet about three hours later, hard as a rock, rigor mortis cheese. Anybody got little kids that waste the cheese and it gets all rigor mortis stiff? You find it's like a—it turns into like a plastic thing. Well, Kaylee, she uh, she likes cheese and she she's crafty, man. We'll see her in the drawer. Like I'll come out like sometimes like at 7 a.m. and I'll see her up in the fridge before everybody's up in the drawer looking for the little uh, bell, baby bell, the round ones, the cow, laughing cow, and and she's you know she's like a she's like a squirrel in the in the in the garbage. She's like. (laughs) You know, and then she pull out the cheese stick, and then she, she gets it on the table, and she starts playing her tablet, and she don't even eat the thing. She just sets it there. And then later, I'll find this hard-as-a-rock baby bell, fully round still, opened, white baby bell cheese on the carpet in another part of the house. She just wasted it. She, she, she'll come up to the, the playroom at night. We, we like to watch TV in the playroom. And she'll come up with, remember, she's three and a half and she's tiny. She'll come up with yogurt pouch, fruit snacks, uh, cheese, uh, apple slices, some potato chips or Fritos. If we have the little fun size, she'll snag her own bag and grab those two. She comes up with all this and then she gets there and then she goes to bed and it's all still like all opened, Wasted. It's just wasted. Like, she doesn't know that there was a cost to get that food, and when she wasted, it's like saying, I don't really care, even though she's three, and it's cute right now. It might be different when she's 15. It's like saying, I I don't really care that there was a price you paid to give me that food, to offer me that opportunity, and you're wasting what I provided to you. And that hurts my heart because you're wasting my baby bell cheese. And I like it too. And nothing makes me more angry than when the baby bell cheese is all gone and daddy wants some and there's none left because it all got hard as a rock laying in the playroom. Hurts my heart. I love you, but there's, there's, there's a consequence. I might have to reprimand you. There's a consequence for wasting my cheese. The consequence is you're so cute. I'm going to go, I'll go buy some more at the store. That's the real consequence in our house sometimes. Michelle, can you, can you put this on your, lawn, your, your grocery list? Go, can you get some more cheese? Sure. And that's, that's how it starts over. But it's wasteful, man. And as adults, as we grow older, the idea is we become more efficient with the things we've been given. We, we're more conservative with what we've been giving. And we're more attentive to the things we've been given. Life. It's a gift. It feels like work. We forget it's a gift. So when we forget, we don't really pay attention that it could end in five minutes. We don't know. Grace, God's grace, is a gift. How often do we shove aside the gifts of God because our lives are so flooded with so many blessings, we may be missing the value in what God continues to do for us daily, We may not be making time to process the things that we have access to right now in our lives that may be invaluable, invaluable. There's there's no price you can put on it. We may be holding things that are invaluable, but not using them. If Jesus invited you to your favorite, Vincent, five-star restaurant, all expenses paid in your favorite city on the earth, which I don't know what that would be for you, including a stay in your favorite resort or hotel, would you accept the invitation or just opt out because the invite alone was sufficient? Will you join the king at the dinner table or just say, it's good enough just to be invited. Thank you, Jesus. I'd go. I'd go. If we look at Ephesians chapter two today, verse four through ten. Paulie's, Paul is Paulie. This, I've been watching Creed two pre- previews. Paulie, you know, Paulie, Rocky's cousin, the you know, Uncle Paulie, is Paul, the Apostle Paul. I'm talking about, not Paulie from Rocky, which is one of the greatest movies ever. Just might throw that in. My wife's never seen a Rocky flick. Any of them. Who likes Rocky? Anybody? Okay, okay. I knew, I knew, I knew there had to be some Rocky fans in One seat Church. It just wouldn't be scriptural if there weren't any Rocky fans. But Paul, I'll give you some context. Paul is talking to the church, the saved, the born again. They've already been reborn in Christ, according to the new birth that Jesus commanded Nicodemus in John three, and that happened in the books of Acts. So now they're reflecting back a bit. As a reminder, because, you know, those Ephesians, they get a little crazy sometimes. It says in verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ." Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in or through Christ, the vessel, the word. For by grace you have been saved. Everybody say, through faith. It doesn't say you've been saved by grace. See you later. You've been saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves, It is a gift from God. He didn't go to the cross because you paid him off. He didn't go to the cross because you gave him a nice Christmas gift. He went to the cross because he loves you that much and there's nothing you could do to earn that favor. It's by grace he went to the cross. Lest any of you should boast if it was because you gave him a Nordstrom gift card. That wouldn't be fair. For we, the body, are his workmanship or creation created in Christ Jesus through the redemption regeneration process for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them walking is moving moving is active good works works produce fruit fruit is an offspring of something good in here when seeds planted and it grows something happens something moves it's active it's faithful The title of my sermon is, don't let it go to waste. Don't let it go to waste. God's grace provides a doorway. Faith walks through it. That's a good one. If you're going to write something down or type it, that's a good one. uh, Grace provides a doorway, but faith is what walks through the doorway. It sounds good, and that's enough for me. It sounds good. Yay, Jesus. yay! I got grace. It sounds good. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I don't need to hear the rest of the song because I got grace. I don't need to come to your church. I don't need to pray. I don't need to talk to people. I don't need to be a light. I don't need to do anything. I just need to do nothing because I got grace. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds good. Amazing grace, sounds good, and that's enough for me. It sounds good, and that's enough, but grace provides a doorway, and faith walks through it. For by grace, through faith, you are saved. There's a process. There's a transformation. There's a thing that happens in the regeneration. It's a thing. It's faithful. It's active. but it's easier to interpret no action as an easier road and just blame it on grace. Well, grace says I can just do nothing. What's easier doesn't necessarily bring more joy and more fulfillment. I'll get to God when I'm done with this other stuff. And it's not just convenient right now, so by now I'm just going to be covered by my grace. Sprinkle the grace on me. Sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. I got it. There's people like that. Like, they don't know anything, but they got grace. Who's Jesus? I don't know, but I got grace. Okay? Okay. It sounds good. And if you're telling anybody else that doesn't know either, they think it sounds good too, and then you all can talk about yourselves and say how good it sounds, but nobody's really doing anything because it's just a doorway. Hey, look, God put a door up for me. Cool. I'm not walking through that, though. If you're faithful, we you walk through the door because grace provided the doorway. It's like the gym. Praise God, my wife started working out like three weeks ago. Give, give some kudos to Michelle. She started working out like after 12 years of marriage. I got her working out finally. Come on, come on, come on. Give it up for Michelle. Come on. That's not, that's not, she says I roast her. No, this is a positive. I'm giving her, <laughs> but January's coming around. Let's face it, New Year's resolutions, you know, people think about working out and they got the gym membership, but what good is the membership going to do to your body if you never walk through the doors of the gym? Well, it makes me feel good. Okay, does that get you into heaven? No, but it makes me feel good. Is that what it says? Is that what the workout machine says? If you look at me and think about me, you will get muscles. No, it doesn't say that. It says, if you use me and you equip your life to me and you make it part of your daily, daily walk with me, you will see change in your muscles, like your spiritual biceps. If I had some, but I can just tell myself, I got some and that's good enough. I can just tell myself, yeah, I look like Arnold. That's good enough. I know I look like Arnold in my mind. That's good enough. But I don't. So I'm deceiving myself because it sounds good, and that's enough for me. What if Nike's slogan was, just do nothing? Hey, this is Michael Jordan. He's got the ball. Hey, guys. See my shoes? Just do nothing. Would that motivate you? Would that feel positive, encouraging, make you want to go out and change the world? No, he says, just do it. Look at me dunk this ball. Look how I jump across the court when I, back in my day when I had my, my ups. I'm sure he's got great ups still. But you know, like, look, look, at, look at what I do. I leap across the court. He's like, he could fly. Just do it. Just do it. Just run through the door of grace and do it. What would our lives be if we did nothing? If we didn't go to school? If we didn't get an education? If we weren't faithful in our marriage. Well, some people experience that. doesn't usually lead to good. What would my life be if my wife didn't do the laundry? It would be hell on earth. In is clear as way. The, the, the world would collapse as I know it in my house because the laundry gets so full. And if she doesn't do the laundry and, I, and I'm in charge of laundry, we got a problem because I don't even remember how to, how to do the thing and i have to figure it out. And then, and then she takes care of my, our four kids and I work. And if I try to work and she's not taking care of the kids and she just says, well, I'm a good mom. See ya. I'm gonna go on vacation at the Caribbean. Sometimes she's probably wanting to do that when she's mad at me and I don't blame her. But you know, that was just a joke. She didn't really go if she went to the Caribbean and left me for two weeks while I tried to work and take care of those kids, nothing would get done. The house would overflow abundantly with garbage and stinky laundry and dirty diapers, not blessings, not the Spirit of God. My faith would be tested in that moment if I did nothing, if she did nothing. And just so you know, for real, my wife takes care of us she does everything in our house the laundry the laundry system at our house is ridiculous it's like a factory in there she's got like a system all over the house it's great the baskets will stay in one part of the house for half the week and then the baskets go to the other part of the house and then they go away and then the the thing starts over and it's awesome because those kids they just go through the laundry especially Kaylee the wasteful one she'll wear like eight outfits in a day Amanda in a day they weren't dirty. There's no need. She's just wasting it because she knows she's got it. She's already got it. She knows she's got good grace in the closet with her clothes. I don't need to do anything because I got it. I don't care that I'm making my mom work, do laundry. I'm making my daddy do work, change my pull-up when I'm supposed to be wearing big girl underpants. None of it matters to me. I'm just wearing the clothes I want to wear because I'm wasteful because I got grace. You guys with me? This is one of those messages people don't like to hear because it's honest. Well, we just want to be told how great God is and everything's great and it is good. But you have to be honest with yourself. If you want to see good change, you have to be faithful and walk through the door. You can walk through the door and walk back out the door. I'll go in for a little bit. I want to go back out here. See you in two years, God. Where's your faith lie with you? faithfulness towards the Lord. It sounds good and that's enough. And maybe, maybe I want a little more. I'd I'd like to just be an honorable mention. You guys remember like in school when everybody got an award, even when you didn't really win, you're like an honorable mention and everybody gets the ribbon, you know, because you know, you want to be included too, but you really wanted what? You wanted the prize. You wanted the, the medal or the trophy and everybody else got the little ribbons. Who wants a ribbon? The little ribbon, not the big cool one, the little one. And maybe the first place was like a gold medal. My boys do wrestling, and in wrestling, they, they, everybody. it's a team effort. And this is cool. I'm okay with this. And they, they give everybody a certificate at the end. It's like an honorable, hey, you came to practice. Here you go. They're little kids. That's different. We're encouraging them. But as grown men and grown women, how many certificates do we need? Where sometimes we say, you know what? We need to just go after the medal. God's going to say, I got the medal for you. How long do you want those certificates? They're just paper anyway. You can print off your own. You want the medal. We want the medal. We don't want to be just an honorable mention. We want to win in the glory and kingdom of God. We want to win. If you want to win, you got to move. You got to be faithful. Your body, your life, your, your everything, your mouth, the way you talk, the way you live, everything has to resemble who it is you are faithful towards. Well, it will, one way or the other. It's just a matter of, is is it God? Is it Jesus? Jesus didn't say, I'm going to build a doorway for you to walk through, and you don't have to walk through it. It's good enough if you just look at it. He says, go and sin no more. Take up your cross and follow me. Drop your nets, follow. Go and wait. Do, 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 action, action, action reveals faithfulness. He didn't say, it's good, guys. I'm going I'm to resurrect and see you. End of story, game over. Would that make sense? The almighty God of all heavens, it infiltrates your heart, and that's, that's it? That's it? I got grace. That's it? He created the heavens and the earth, and that's it? I don't know that I'd serve a God if that was it. I know from experience that there's more. But some people don't know there's more because they've never seen more or felt more. They don't know what more looks like. And they're just an honorable mention and they don't know us. And sometimes things that are preventing us from coming to church or serving God or really wanting to pursue a relationship with Jesus is something in our life that's conflicting that we either don't want to give up or we don't know how to Merge the two. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a split spouse and hu- t- husband and wife. And sometimes they don't agree on faith and they don't agree on politics. And so we just throw in the towel. Sometimes one's available, one's not. So we just don't, we don't do it. We, we, we throw in the towel. But God says, you, you lead yourself. Quit waiting on someone to lead you. I, there's one leader you need and that's me, Jesus. I am your shepherd, not them. They, they have their own accountability to deal with. The best thing you can do is be an example to them. I know God died for me, and I'm thankful for that. But it ends there. Because I got grace. But that's a twisting of the word. That's culture's twisting of the word. Grace is the doorway. Faith walks through it. Grace is the doorway. Faith walks through it. I may be lacking the depth of even knowing why I need more. I think I have enough, but I may be really on empty. Maybe if I recognize what more looked like, I would seek more. I, I didn't know I was hungry until I tasted a real meal. Over time, like one of the things I got into besides music, because I was kind of always into music, is I got into cooking. It was like this really cool change from the computer and music, and I started watching Guy Fieri or whatever, how you say his name, uh, Triple D and and um, Food Network and Cooking Channel, and I got really into cooking, and it started with barbecue. It started with Smoker, Bobby Flay, Barbecue Addict, I think it was called, and then it got into tacos and Mexican, and then I started really getting into the details of, like, what makes a balanced, tasteful meal according to my palate, and palate's not a word I would have used in that regard for many years. I would have thought like the wood things, you know, that we used to use at My dad's business when I was a kid, we'd throw out the pallets; They're wood, and get to, you get to the splinters. But now I had this new, new term in my, my vernacular. That's the biggest word I've used this year. And, and it was, it was a, my palate was changing. My taste buds were learning what different things tasted like. And my kids think chicken nuggets from McDonald's is good chicken. But until they go to Cain's Chicken in the Valley, baby, they don't know what good, moist chicken tastes like because they never had it. Their palates have never sensed the difference. If you never tasted you would not know what something tastes or smells like. How would you know? Well, as time went on, and I learned to cook some stuff, and I learned what didn't taste good right away because I cooked it, and then I learned what other good stuff tasted good, and we go to restaurants, and I started seeking out dishes based on this interest in the whole balance thing. My my look at food changed. I looked at like it was a little more like this creative thing, and my palate became more seasoned. All the uh, all the. Uh, Special cooking, people call it. You have a trained palate. It's more seasoned now. You know what tastes good, and I guess it costs more too. If it tastes better, so so you know at the, the at the nicer restaurants they they bring you out the thing, and then the portions were this big, you know, because you just you just you know you're training your palate just to have a little bit and a little bit, and it's all balanced, you know. Instead of so the big old portions you get when your kid like at the like at the buffet for twelve ninety nine, you know, and it's like there's a difference now. I'm starting to see it. I, I feel full with less. It's because my my palate grew. My, my view changed. I, I learned that fish sticks weren't it. Like I always thought, just get some frozen fish sticks, dip it in the ketchup and the horseradish, and you're good. Till I grew up and tasted some real food that wasn't microwaved and frozen. My palate change, and I didn't know that I was settling for looking at the door and not walking through it until I had some experiences go through my life, and I said, I got to walk through this and see what's this all about. I got to see some change because nothing's changing in my life. Then I said, oh, there's more to this. I want I want the prize. I don't want to be an honorable mention. I want to be first in God's eyes, and I want to run to the king, not do a drive-by. Y'all heard a and I can tell everybody in here loves Elvis. I can just tell everybody loves Elvis. Really, Elvis is cool. My dad loves him. Anybody like Elvis? He's cool? Elvis. Aaron in the back, Pam in, in the side. Cameron in the back has all Elvis's. Hey, I like Toby Mac, and nobody even raises their hand, so Elvis is doing better than Toby. When I used to drive to Nashville, and I've driven to Florida, and I've driven all over the place, and we drive by in Memphis, what's the house? Land. He lives in, grew up in that house, you know, in Memphis. What What is it called? Grace. I'll go figure. Graceland. For years. What well, was it pink? Was there some pink in that house? Pink and white. I, it was, it was off in the distance. And that was okay with me. I can't tell you how many times I drove by Graceland and never said, I'm going to go in. I've seen it. It's good enough. I see the gate. I know he had security. He was Elvis. He was the king. And that was fine. And I saw him at 31 Flavors later, and I said, listen, king, I've never been in your house, but I've seen it, and that's enough for me. And he says, well, you better go in. Because if you go inside my graceland, you're going to see a whole lot better. Okay, son? That's my Elvis impression. Come on, it's not good. Come on, it's not good. It's not good. Come on, give me an embarrassing clap. You're awful, Jeff. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Listen. He says, if you really want to see what it's about, you got to go in. Quit looking at me from a mile down the road off the freeway. If you want to see what my grace is all about, you got to go in. Otherwise, you're doing a drive-by and just looking at it from the distance. And God didn't say just drive by. He said, come dine at the table. I gave you an invitation. Take up your cross, follow me, and join me at the table. You are first. You get the first seat. You get the dad chair. You get the dad chair. Yeah, right there on the end. You get that chair just for you. Mother, daughter, son, you all get the dad chair when you come to my table. Because you're first in my eyes when you walk through my door. So it's easy to keep going through life and and blaming life for why we're abusing grace. Does that make sense to some people? We're using God's grace as as a crutch in our relationship with Jesus that we say everything is grace. Grace awarded the opportunity that couldn't be earned. But you have to walk through the door. My journey has just been so lacklustre as a Christian, and I'm still sitting on my couch. One of these days, I'll go to church and maybe I'll be a greeter. I'll be a greeter one day. one day. Well, my kids didn't sleep good. I got grace. Well, grace doesn't omit accountability. It just provides a pathway due to unearned favor. That's it right there. If you're going to take one line, take it. Grace doesn't omit accountability, which is what we've been trained to use that to mean to us, is it's, it's excuses accountability. And it doesn't. All it did was provide a mechanism for sanctification and salvation that otherwise would not have been available from the get-go had there not been a pathway by unearned favor. That's why we call it grace. By grace, you have been saved doesn't mean you have been saved just because he died. It's a two-way street. You're not saved when he died. I wouldn't serve a God who just saved me for nothing because he died. It wouldn't make any sense. The whole thing wouldn't make any sense. He said, go and wait. He said, follow, take steps, pick up your cross. You have been afforded the opportunity for redemption because of God's unconditional love that he would come to this earth and provide a way for you to be saved, not on your own merit because we can never earn his favor. And grace is in all things. He, we have his grace in our job. We have his grace in our family. We have his grace in our health. We have his grace in everything. But we're faithful in those things. We're active with our faith. People throw their lives in the tank because they just think they have to they should do nothing. They should do nothing. What if Jesus did the same? You know, he cried in the garden. He didn't want to go to the cross, even though it was the will of God in him. What if he just said, I'm good enough. That's not it. I can't do it. He, he, he did it anyway because he understood he had to. James says, I'll show you my work. I'll show you my faith by my work, Not because you're earning his favor, because your life produces the fruits of what's in your heart. That's why the faith matters. That's why the faith matters. I don't take a test in school because it's fun. I take a test in school to know the materials in my heart. Or I had the cliff notes. Don't tell anybody, Nick. I don't say I'm married and never be around because a marriage is a union. And if I'm never around and my heart's not in it, I'm separated in my heart. If my marriage is to Jesus and I'm never around, I'm separated in my heart. And I call it grace. Does that make sense? Would that make sense to you if, if it just nothing. God infiltrates your heart. He he saves you from death. And it's just because you said, that's cool. Thank you, Lord. See ya. It wouldn't make sense to me. And one thing that took me so long to really become active in Christianity, because I knew about church for a long time, but one thing I didn't like is that I didn't feel connected. And so I had to understand that my life had to be connected in Christ and that all those things would follow. And I was missing that link to Christ. I was not walking through the door, I was just looking at it. The Almighty King of Creation in heaven and on earth infiltrated my life and I missed it. That doesn't make sense. God takes action when he does something just like he expects you to take action. That's why we repent. That's why we are baptized. That's why we have the new birth experience. That's why the Bible talks about speaking in tongues because the tongues was active. God was saying, "I hear you. I'm here." I told you, wait, I will show you. He takes action like us. Can you all stand to your feet with me as we close this Thanksgiving weekend? He'll give you a sign and wonder when you walk through the door. He gives us sign and wonders when we walk through the door. prophet is not without honor except in his own country. He didn't do many miracles there because they didn't have any faith. He can't, he can, he won't do many signs and wonders unless you're faithful. Grace is the doorway. Faith walks through it. It's in our nature to know who God is and that he loves us. You could be an atheist and you can still know that there's a creator that made you. It's in your DNA because you were made by him whether you believe it or not. I believe deep down, a lot of us sit and do nothing to serve God and call it grace because deep down we want more. We don't know how to do more. We don't we don't know how to pursue it. It's like the um, the fish sticks. We don't know how to we don't know what better food tastes like. It starts with the simple steps. Take steps. Pray over your meals. You don't have to be loud and let everybody in the restaurant know. You can. They might look at you weird. Pray over your meals. Pray with your kids at bedtime. Even if it's... Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's the only part I ever remembered, and then I'd always go into the normal prayer. I didn't remember the whole thing, but I remember that. My parents taught me that. They instilled that seed in me. Turn on Joy FM, man. I know it sounds... Like, when I first listened to Joy FM, I thought it was so lame. This music, is, this, this Christian music so corny. That was like 10 years ago. It's really come alive now. Now it's all I listen to. So it's always feeding me more. Watch a sermon online. Watch the One Seat app. We watch all the sermons like 10 times a day. That'll just be the best thing ever for you. No, we want you to come back, so don't watch it that much. Find ways to test where you're at, and then you'll know where you need to go. But if you never look at the door and say, how close am I to it? You'll never realize that maybe you're not walking through it. Let us not abuse his grace let us not waste his baby bell cheese that he provided let us not waste his dinner he provided on the cross I am the way the truth and the life the light and he said unless you drink of me and taste of me you won't be fed being here today is faithfulness so we commend you for being here And outside these doors, we want to continue to be faithful. He's got more for you. Everybody say more. He has more for you. Don't let God's grace go to waste. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we're thankful that we've been fed this Thursday with some turkey. And now we're being fed with your word. And that we are going to be fruitful with the food you have given us. And we're going to go take your food, Lord. And we're going to give it to the next person. And we're going to spread your gospel. And when people want to sleep in because they got grace. And people want to not come to church because they got grace. We're going to tell them, you need more than that. Because we love you too. And Jesus loved us, so we love you. And we need you here. We need you to come be a part of what we're doing. We need to spread the gospel. Because the world won't be around forever, and we want to be your arms and feet, Jesus. So help us walk through the door, not just look at it. In Jesus' name, be on us as we go through this week, God. Help us release our praise to you to know what worship is, to that we release our worship, we release your word, and your spirit can manifest in our hearts, and we can receive you on another level, God. And if everybody could say, in Jesus' name, Amen.